Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Victoria Routine. And I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland. Alright, we're switching it up this week, Keith. What have you got for us? So we're going to do the lightning round at the top of the show this week, and at the end of the episode, we'll have like a little treat for you out there. Kind of a running gag we did in the past, like dialed up to 10. So, here's a lightning round to start off the show. AT&T and Discover announced a merger after the former spent years trying to compete in the streaming wars with notable success, but not enough to make up for the losses from the acquisition of WarnerMedia. WarnerMedia, which holds everything you can currently find on HBO Max and more, and Discovery, which owns the Food Network, HGTV, and many other similar feel-good channels, will merge in a deal that will see AT&T receive $43 billion in cash as they switch back to focusing on things like 5G. The rich get richer and the streaming wars remain complicated. Continuing with that same thing, Amazon is now in talks to buy MGM for $9 billion, meaning Amazon Prime could become even more legitimate player in the streaming wars, following the success of hits like Invincible and The Boys and other things you can find on that network, not including Coming to America because mixed feelings on that one. <laughs> um, Hocus Pocus 2 is set for a fall 2022 release on Disney+, Plus, with Betty Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy and Jimmy returning to play the Santas and Sisters once again, fulfilling all of our 90s nostalgia dreams and making us all very happy along the way. In a recent interview with Men's Health, MCU architect, tactician, whatever his official title is, Kevin Feige, admit that casting Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One was a bit of a misstep. Five years late, but I guess better five years late than never. The quote from Kevin Feige from the interview says, we thought we were being so smart and so cutting edge. We're not going to do the cliche of the wise and old wise Asian man, but it was a wake-up call to say, well, wait a minute, is there any other way to figure it out? Is there any other way to both not fall into the cliche and cast an Asian actor? And the answer to that, of course, is yes. And lastly, for all of you out there, like our host Victoria, who enjoy horror and horror-adjacent content, again, unlike myself, Tim Burton is set to make his TV directory debut with a spinoff of The Addams Family called Wednesday that focuses on the character of Wednesday Addams, which we've talked about here on the show in the past. But new news is that... Wednesday will be played by Jenna Ortega, who at the young age of 18 already has a resume full of very interesting things, especially things in the horror genre, including a role in Insidious Chapter 2, the forthcoming, forthcoming Scream film, which is the fifth in that series, and she also had a role in Jane the Virgin with a couple of voice acting roles with Disney. Now that we got this out of the way, unlike we normally get to do, Victoria, what are your thoughts about the lightning round and everything we covered today? I think everyone knows my feelings on capitalism, at least American capitalism. I I think the complications that these different types of mergers are going to cause for streaming is just ridiculous. Um, Yeah, I just... There's so much... There's so many different things going there, and I, I think that as per usual, the consumers are the ones who are going to lose out, right? Like, anybody who starts their streaming service two months before the buyout happens and then everything changes and now you need a different account with this place, but maybe you need two accounts, but maybe you can bundle them, but also just give us all your money uh, is going to be a lot. Um, And, yeah, I, I am generally for 
open markets, and that means not having monopolies. And as per usual, things are getting a little bit like a board game table over here. So, uh, you know, it'll be fine. Uh, I have to call you out on Hocus Pocus, sir, because Bette Midler is one of the most iconic singer-actresses in the game. So glad that she's coming back. I am glad that all of them are returning. Uh, you know, Sanderson sisters are iconic. So, we'll see. I have a thing about sequels later, um, but I am excited for Hocus Pocus news. Also, I love that the alternative for old wise Asian man was Tilda Swinton. Like, just like in all of the world, just any, any person, like that new Mortal Kombat movie that's not the actual Mortal Kombat movie that Nick Cage is in, they made him basically the Raiden character. I understand it's not technically Mortal Kombat, and therefore he's not technically Raiden, but watch the trailer. That's what's happening. Like, there are just... There are so many other options. And Tilda Swinton is so good at so many things, and I just don't know why that was like, oh, well, we can't do Old Wise Asian. Must be Tilda Swinton. Okay. Whatever. Maybe they'll get better next time. We'll see. I do love horror-adjacent content. Emphasis on the adjacent. I think we decided that horror camp, like camp horror, is really the thing that I like. Because actual horror is terrifying. And I don't know if you noticed that our poll this week was very full of horror. But I noticed and was like, let's steer clear of that. Uh, But Tim Burton... Uh, I'm always excited for new Tim Burton things. I am excited for Jenna Ortega. And I am interested... Number one, I'm interested to see how Tim Burton kind of works with TV. Because we've never had Tim Burton TV before. We've only had Tim Burton movies. So I'm interested to see if that will be good or be weird or be both. Which is an option. And I am excited for Jenna Ortega. I'm excited for maybe not all white actors. That would be great. Uh, We'll see. It should be good. Overall, happy days, I guess. So I think first off, I should go ahead and apologize to Bette Midler for the name pronunciation because she (laughs) deserves much, much more than that. And I do apologize. Please do not find my Instagram, her like Midler Hive. I don't want any problems with you. I'm sure you're very powerful. Um, moving on with the AT&T's government stream world, like you said, ultimately we're going to figure out like if it's going to be some good and some bad for consumers ultimately. And some good means cool. We get more content, more accessible. Like I'm all for that being a thing. Um, on the bad side, one story that I didn't put in here, I was going to sit off for a minute, but it's relevant is that Warner Brothers games is actually kind of up in the air now with this merger, meaning that there's a statement that someone found out that the gaming studio is kind of going to be like split half and half, like half are going to stay over with like AT&T and the other half are going to like move over to discover. And interesting thing about that is, 
who knows how that's going to shake out because some of the games that we've gotten from one of us recently or are expecting to come out one would be like that hit huge like Hogwarts Legacy game that we talked about that got us a whole lot of good and bad responses in the comments and everything but like also like a lot of Lego games Gotham Knights Mortal Kombat like stuff like that like that comes out of the studio because they have the rights to it so who knows where this is going to go and also if we're going to see uh, either like delays or complications come to like designing games which are part of the course anyway but the last thing you need is more reasons to have that for sure going on to the kevin feige comments i think you raise a great point like that if they wanted to go opposite of like wizened old asian man like how did that land on tilda swinton <laughs> i don't know what like, all right that's so yeah. random like could have gone a lot of ways is that like is that is when you look at the spectrum is that like the end of the spectrum <laughs> see i wouldn't have like we have those two extremes i, I really would have I, I mean apparently in their minds like five years ago yeah that's what they thought <laughs> like one side of the room you have a bunch of old wild asian men other side of the room tilda swinton <laughs> that's as far as they went there uh, but i mean marvel it's interesting though to see how much Marvel is changing representation just from like Doctor Strange until now, right? I think like that was the moment when they realized like, oh, we need to do better about that. And Black Panther solidified that when the entire world instantly made that a mass success, making a couple billion dollars. When you can tell from how they made that movie, they did not expect it to be that big. That's why Black Panther's role, T'Challa's role specifically, is so kind of small and tangential in um, Infinity War and Endgame. Because no one knew he was going to become a fan favorite instantly, right? So I think, like, they're coming around to it. And now we have Shang-Chi coming out later this year. So, like, we're not going to talk about Iron Fist. But, like, they're learning. I like, <laughs> hope I like to have. And, yes, I am well on the record for saying that, like, if it's something that's horror adjacent, I'm more likely to not like it than like it. Like, Tim Burton makes my nightmares for a living, essentially. <laughs> like, I still have not finished Nightmare Before Christmas. It may not happen unless... What? The only reason that would happen is if I end up, like, marrying somebody who loves it or if my children end up loving it one day and I'm like, fine, I gotta do it. But I've avoided all this far. I tried it and creeped me out, like, three times and I just never finished it. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Teaches Maybe Frank and Weenie. Or Paranorman. Actually, wait, I think I did see Paranorman. That's the one I think I saw. Yeah. Because I saw it in the movie theaters, actually. So I think that was cool. But other than that, like, for example, like, he made Coraline, too, didn't he? Um. I know that it was written by um, by Neil Gaiman, but I think the movie was directed by Tim Burton. It, it seems right, but I also know that was a Leica production. Um, and I don't know if Leica... I think a Leica-Tim Burton crossover would be great. Uh, but also, Coraline is the scariest thing Ever. As I've been told, which is why I've avoided it for all these years. Ever. I don't know how that was a children's movie. Oh, terrifying. It, it was not directed by Tim Burton at all. The animation style threw me off. So apologies. But again, same vein, I have not watched that at all. But yeah, yeah. so those, that's how I feel about this whole thing. But with all this talk about reboots and sequels, including Hocus Pocus 2 with Bette Midler coming back to return. See, I said it right twice. Yeah, so yeah. once, how you remember, right? It's time to move on to our next segment, which Victoria put a lot of work into. Oh, too much credit for work and things. I type some <laughs> stuff. Uh, here is the stuff that I have typed. So, this week in the huge poll, again, shout-outs to Mikkel, who does our poll list every single week and is absolutely amazing and wonderful. Uh, but there were two major stories that stuck out to me this week. The first being that Amber Midthunder 
has been cast as the lead in the new Predators film, which we've kind of been hearing rumors about, just kind of like that it's happening. And so now we have a casting announcement, and it is Amber Midthunder who has done some incredible things. Uh, I know her from Legion, uh, but also apparently has been a regular, a season regular on Roswell uh, from the CW, which I think is in fitting with this segment is a reboot of the old Roswell from forever ago. But anyway, exciting news. What we know about the Predators movie so far is that it may or may not be titled Skulls, and it seems to be about a female Comanche warrior, Amber Midthunder, and Predators, I'm assuming? We, we technically don't know that part, but I, I guess it's probably got predators in it. So that should be interesting. And the other thing that stuck out was the epic duo of Adil Al-Arbi and Bilal Falah were announced as the new directors of the Batgirl movie. I'm not a super DC person. Uh, I generally tend to like Batgirl. So we'll see. But I really love Adil Al-Arbi and Bilal Falal. They, uh, Falal. they have just come off big wins from Bad Boys for Life. And they have a ton of other kind of episodic directing credits. But the one that I was super excited about is that they are producing and have directing credits on a few of the individual episodes for the new Miss Marvel series as well. And so all of these things are super cool to me. I love them as a duo. And as we saw with Bad Boys for Life, they were able to come into a production that had been kind of bandied about for years and never really found its footing and just make it take off and hopefully they'll be able to do the same thing with Batgirl because I feel like Batgirl and Batwoman never quite get there like it's never quite right and so I'm really hoping that this iteration allows Batgirl to be actually be the lead character and be awesome um so those were two really cool things and then when I was thinking about them I realized that those are both kind of sequels and or spin-offs and we had so many this week there was just an incredible number of sequels spin-offs and reboots and i noticed myself at least for the most part the most part being why is an animated live action hybrid sandy cheeks movie even happening so that was kind of like the exception to this but overall i noticed myself gravitating towards the sequels and the spin-offs and kind of staying clear from the reboots. And so I just wanted to put a list out there of some of the name drops that we got this week and see if you were kind of feeling the same way and maybe why that was. So in sequels, we have Attack the Block 2, Hocus Pocus 2, a Bridgerton prequel. I put it in the sequels, but it's technically a prequel. And then the Adams Family Mansion Mayhem. We also got a Beetlejuice 2 announcement that was just like, this is a thing. Uh, in spinoffs, we have The Vindicators, which is a Rick and Morty spinoff. Snake Eyes, which I wasn't sure whether to put this in spinoffs and sequels. It is technically a G.I. Joe origin story. 
uh, Monsters at Work, which is a Monsters, Inc. spinoff. And, of course, we've already talked about Wednesday, which is an Addams Family spinoff. In reboots, we have The Highlander, maybe, Rugrats, Sex in the City, and Friends. I know Sex in the City and Friends are saying that they're not reboots. My criteria for this was that they weren't things that regularly got reshot. So things like comic books or Star Wars, Marvel, things like that, that we know we're going to get tons of iterations and they weren't a regularly scheduled next season. So Sex in the City and Friends, of course, have been long done, long buried, season series finales, long times ago. Children have been born since, and now they're coming back, and so I classified that as a reboot. But what do you think about all of this kind of... I think the reason why I go for sequels and spinoffs is because I feel like there's going to be more new material there than for reboots. But how do you feel about all of this kind of like, we're just going to build on what we have and not necessarily go for the really, really fresh new ideas? Uh, so many thoughts to have about this. Um, first off, <laughs> from like high level and work our way into the more detailed stuff. Part of me wants to set these studios bail because we just had a really tough year where they like didn't make any money compared to what they normally was. They're trying to stick to what's tried and true where they know some successful and try and tap that well again. But they also have the history of doing this anyway. So if anything, this may just be an intensified example of this where it's like, all right, people love Hocus Pocus. Let's go ahead and finally do that. If it went and just like hope it's good and hope they want to get their money and everything, right? But I'm going to also be a bit more optimistic than that and hope that like this is really just people getting a lot more content they actually want because I have lots of videos you listed. A good chunk of it are things that people, anecdotally, from what I can tell, observationally, are interested in still. It's not like it's like, why do we get this? No one asked for this kind of deal, right? Like, people have been, like, enjoying Attack of the Block, especially since John Viegas oh, yeah. risen more in fame over time. Hocus Pocus people always wanted. I'm pretty sure the Bridgerton prequel is just an excuse <laughs> to get more, um, what's, wrong, what's his name, more reggae John Page on screen because he says he's not coming back with the sequel so I'm like this is another shot let's go ahead and try and make it happen um Adam's Family people always want that Rick and Morty content yes that's a show that's like not everyone watches Rick and Morty but the people who do watch it they swear by it more passionately than they do most things in their lives I'm pretty sure so like that audience is going to eat that up I just hope this G.I. Joe origin story, like, Snake Eyes was probably the best character in that G.I. Joe movies that we got. I don't know if this is, like, from that same universe that had Channing Tatum in it or not, but, like, I am here. I don't even think we saw Snake Eyes' face in that one, actually. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. It's the same universe, I think. Okay, so they can do, they can put in the same universe, because I don't even think, I think we still saw Snake Eyes, like, in his mask the entire time in those movies, so, like, they could do whatever, it just it still works, right? Um, Monsters at Work, I'm, yes, more Monsters, Inc., like, I'm glad we got Monsters University, but it wasn't what I wanted to see, like, I wanted to see, first, most importantly, I want a Boo reunion, I need to see Boo a little older come back, and, like, the movie ends with, like, Sully coming back in the closet, he goes, Kitty! Like, I want to see that reunion, right? I miss that relationship. So that's one thing I want first and foremost. But just more so the universe in general is what I'm interested in with Monsters Universe, like, the Monsters Universe. Because Monsters Universe was a fun prequel, but, like, that's not what I asked for exactly. <laughs> so, yes, another shot at that. 
Again, more Adam's Family content. I've never seen Highlander. It's a movie that I hear about a lot in nerd spaces. Oh. I've never met, and it's never really like there's a series like my of thing. movies. There is a TV series from the '90s. There's so much Highlander. Um, they're talking about casting Henry Cavill, which makes sense. Like if you that. look at any of the old posters, but that doesn't mm. mean. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> The whole thing about the Highlander like, is that there can only be one, and yet we have so much Highlander content. <laughs> well, that's funny and ironic. <laughs> but hey, shout out to Henry Cavill. I feel like he's embracing this new role that he's found, like, with the success of him being in, oh, I'm drawing a blank. When he played Geralt. The Witcher. Witcher, there we go. Yeah, he's found, yeah. like, that I think won him over with people who only saw him as Superman and didn't like him. And to be honest, he's done other stuff that he has been good in, but nothing with us real received is him playing Geralt. Like, that's a win-win scenario for him. So I think he's leaning more into that for now, just to, like, regain public favor while they figure out what they're doing with Superman, if anything. So that's good for him. I've seen pictures of the Rugrats reboot. I'm having some weird Uncanny Valley feelings. I'm like, I don't like how it's this looks. Weird, it's weird, right? like I know. <laughs> Not even that it had to have the same animation style that it always had, which I love and adore, but animation has evolved. I get that. But it looks weird to look at. I'm like, are they, are they real? Are they not? I don't get it. It's weird. Yes, which takes me back to like one earlier you made about the Sandy Cheek spinoff. Oh, um, I don't know how to feel about it because like, I also love Sandy Cheeks, but like, like from the, when I was still watching SpongeBob, like the episodes that focused on her were very, very fun. But like with it being live action slash animated, I'm first thing I'm thinking of yeah. like she's gonna be on land, and like so we're just gonna be looking at a squirrel. Like yeah. what's gonna happen? I, I don't know what to expect from that at all. And I, man, but hey, SpongeBob's still making money apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let me see the last two. So Sex in the City. I actually used to watch this casually because my mom did. So I was just like I didn't know what I was watching at all. But like. It was on and everything. So I have some faint childhood memories about that. All I know, Samantha's not coming back. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very curious to see like how this goes because she was probably one of the most charismatic characters on that show from the handful of memories I have from childhood and everything. So we'll see how it goes. And lastly, with Friends. So like this may be interesting for our audience to hear. I actually have a weird appreciation of Friends. Like I know in like, 2021, the the thing to say is that like Friends is overrated and that like it just stole in Living Singles plot line for white people and it just made them more popular. Like all true. I think it's also overrated. But I wanna check it out for myself a few years ago, went on Netflix and now HBO Max and just binge through it. It took me like two years because it was a lot. But like I can appreciate like, you know, some of these jokes are legitimately good. And some of this is really funny. And these are really cool moments and like seeing and also I will say this. My first time watching it, I was watching for the Ross Rachel storyline, which was a mistake. What you actually need to do is watch it for one of two things, in my opinion. Either the Joey storyline, which is how I got him a spinoff, and he's just great in every episode, or the Chandler and Monica storyline, which I think is the actual heart of the show. So that's what I watch now when I like casually watch it every couple months randomly and stuff. But I'm here for the reboot and the reunion, seeing everybody like there on screen once again, because that's going to make everybody lose their minds who used to love this show. But I think ultimately we're just getting a lot of fan service, whether we want it or not. But I think if it, once fair. the dust settles, we'll have to wait and see if we actually need this much fan service or if it's a good thing for us to get what we want. That's fair. To follow up on your Sex in the City comment... Yes, Kim Cattrall is out. However, Sarah Ramirez is in. We have no other news of like how that is going to work, but that is apparently the fourth in the group will be played by Sarah Ramirez. 
So we'll see how that works. Um, there, there must be four. Uh, as far as friends go, I, I, my mother, so kind of the same way that you are with Sex in the City, my mom watched Friends a lot. <laughs> a lot. Um, and so I don't, I'm just kind of ambivalent about it. It was never something that I was like, oh my goodness, we have to watch the next episode of this. Um, but it was never something that was like, this is really bad. If we're going with storylines though, and I think this is just the person that I am, I gotta say Phoebe. Phoebe was always the one that was like completely unpredictable. And I like, I like that about Phoebe. So I get that. That's why I, I love Phoebe too, for sure. I feel like she was like best being like the B story where like, all right, so we have the main storyline going on here, but like we need Phoebe here to like keep things even killed or like fun mm -hmm. because it might be like one of those really deep storylines where we need something to laugh at. And if Phoebe just says or does something random, wear like a funny outfit. But I definitely love Phoebe Buffet. That's her last yeah, name, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I just pulled that out of nowhere. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely a fan of Phoebe Buffet. All right. So with that, let's close up. I'm actually looking at our things, and I, true to form, went kind of gothy. So if we really want to finish <laughs> on, like, a happy note, maybe maybe you should go last. Okay, okay you know what? I'll go last. Because, like, our theme for this lighting round is, you know, you remember a few episodes back, we actually ended it with, like, a random cute fact about animals. Because, like, hey, there was a lot of, like, sad news this week. Here's something to be happy about. We started to lean all the way into that. But apparently we got a little gothy here with half I of them. So I'll go last and Victoria go first with her animal facts. So, yes, my animal facts are a little bit gothy. I didn't realize that until I looked at them all together and then looked at Keith, who is a normal person, and saw his and was like, oh, oops. <laughs> you went gothy, I went yes. cute, which is fine. I also think mine are cute, but that might be, <laughs> that might be a little bit missing the mark. Okay. So, the three facts that I have for you today are that tarsiers, the little tiny, they look kind of like lemurs with really big eyes, uh, they are the only entirely carnivorous primate. So, it doesn't mean they're like lions, they mostly eat insects, but they don't ever eat plant matter. So, they eat like tiny reptiles, the kind of like biggest thing I saw was that they eat um, like small birds every once in a while. But for the most part, they are insectivores and they eat lots and lots of insects and no plant matter. So don't offer them berries, huh. I guess. And don't offer them your fingers either because they may <laughs> eat them. No, they are not lions. They're not going to eat your fingers off. Uh, they would like crickets. Like crickets would be a nice tarsier snack. Also, crickets are full of protein. We should eat more bugs. Okay, so... <laughs> you can't slide that in there. But all right, carry on. It's fine. Okay, so my second fact is myrmecophagy, which is one of my favorite words ever. And myrmecophagy is the name of a feeding behavior, speaking of bugs, that consists of eating termites and ants almost exclusively. So myrmecophagous animals 
generally have long, sticky tongues. They do not have to be any specific thing. Um, so a lot of monotremes are marmacophagous, but also things like aardvarks and numbats. And my favorite marmacophagous animal is the aardwolf. And you should look it up and just have a very genuine reaction to the first Google images. I'm doing that right um, now. Two A's. Whoa. <laughs> I, 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 uh, yeah. They're so cute. I love them. They're like it's a, little, they're like the perfect. Um, like little baby they're hyenas. They're like little baby hyenas. And when they get scared, they do the same thing that dogs do where they put their hackles up, they're except tough. for their hackles are like the size of the rest of their body. So they just walk around with yes. these giant mohawks and they are basically mascots for all 80s glam metal bands ever. Um, so, yeah, our uh, yes. are great. Gothic indeed. Um, and my last one is generally about corvids. So corvids are the group of animals, or birds, really. So this includes, like, ravens, crows, magpies... Rooks, jays, all of those types of things, uh, which I just think is a fun thing to know in general. But crows and ravens, we always associate them in the West with kind of like bad omens, but they're actually pretty nice. But because we associate them with bad omens, they have terrible group names. So a group of crows is called a murder. A group of ravens is called an unkindness. However, magpies, which are actually kind of mean and will in fact attack you, there are lots of pictures of folks in Australia with spikes on their bike helmets so that they don't get attacked by magpies. Funnily enough, their group name is a parliament. So, you have learned things today. Yes, learn things. I've heard about magpies like swooping on people, like just from yeah. the, from the air, just because they can, which is dark. Mm-hmm. And when sure. it comes to the mimicophagy, I actually earlier this week saw a TikTok about apparently ant eaters get into fights with jaguars in the wild, and they actually <laughs> win sometimes. <laughs> because like they have really long claws they use to get into yeah. ant hills, and like if a jaguar doesn't know where their head or their tail is because they both of them are long and bushy. And they just like yeah. blindly swipe at you. You might kill a jaguar. So anti's out here catching bodies. Too. They are huge. I think by the people way. think that they're like cat sized, but they are no. not. They are like Saint Bernard size. I was about to say I was gonna say like Rottweiler size, but yeah, they're Saint oh, Bernard yeah. size too. Those are big things with long claws mm-hmm. that can like break concrete. So yeah, keep that in mind. Now as far, those are, it's a good balance. I like this. We might be going along this episode. Sorry, Jordan, just in case we are. But it's time to pivot from the gob to like the cutesy of also cutesy animal facts that I put together. First one being that dolphins actually have names for each other through a distinct sound they only use to refer to each other. So like specific like whistles or clicks or whatever when they're specifically talking about or referring to another dolphin, that's what they make. So technically they have names. Um, this one just sounds funny. Like a group of flamingos is called a flamboyance, which I think is very, very accurate for the group. The description just is like as flamboyant and prestigious as they are. And much like humans, goats have been found to have accents depending on their social gathering. So like if they spend most of their time with like one group of goats, like their siblings, for example, and go to another group of goats, they apparently make different noises based on that to like kind of they're like code switching goats. That is, they're goat switching. Ah! I love that. <laughs> that's pretty that's much what's awesome. happening. I love that. And we have to end the show with that one. That's perfect. We can't go anywhere with that. 
Yeah, for sure. So, if you would like to hear our thoughts on these topics, including cute gothic animal names, or anything else in nerd news, feel free to tweet us at Black Nerd Problems with the hashtag TWINN. That was this week in nerd news. Tune in next week for more pop culture news and maybe more animal facts. Time will tell. And once again, I'm your host, Keith Ree Cleveland. And I'm your host, Victoria Bertine. See you, folks.